Hey there, in today's golden hour series, I wanted to really take a deep dive in talking about healing some of our deepest money beliefs. This is a reoccurring theme that consistently comes up, whether we are promoting ourselves with our businesses and especially working with clients that are trying to build businesses and really step into their calling One of the biggest struggles that even I myself, sometimes it comes up, um, comes up time and time again is certain limiting beliefs that are surrounding how we think about money, our relationship with money, how we spend, how we give and where the scarcity mindset might fall because money beliefs can be very nuanced. I wanted to give you a little bit of a background on kind of where my money beliefs stem from and how it looks so different today. And with money beliefs, I think it's an ongoing journey, just like any other uh, belief system. But with money, I think the reason why people see it as so emotional is because money is energy and money can be a direct mirror reflection on how we define worthiness if we're deserving of money because money allows us to obtain certain things and when we obtain things we put definition on what we can obtain so if we were to achieve freedom through not having to worry about money that means something deeply to one person or If someone had to pay really expensive medical bills because they have a family member that's sick, having money and thinking about money can really affect the outcome of how that family member ends up being. If they can get the support from that individual member, if there is scarcity around handing that money over for someone that's in need. So we're going to kind of dive deep into that and also ultimately how this reflects when it comes to growing our businesses. So one thing that I really want to talk about when it comes to my money beliefs growing up is I was raised in a really poor family, a really poor household. And hearing the dialogue from both my grandmother and my mother telling me constantly how poor we were. Our reality was that we really struggled and they worked very low minimum wage jobs. As immigrants coming to America, they didn't have a lot of opportunities and my grandmother didn't go to school here and my mom had to drop off, um, drop out of middle school at a really young age because uh, her father, my grandpa, was really sick. He was diagnosed with both liver and stomach cancer and they couldn't afford paying the medical bills. So instead of finishing school, my mom decided to drop out and start working at a really young age. I think she started working when she was like 13, 14. So when it came to money, we really struggled, not only with the day-to-day necessities on like paying the bills, but also paying really expensive medical bills because of cancer. Cancer has a really uh, 
debilitating way of putting people's money beliefs at the forefront of everything that they do. It runs their lives. And so growing up in that type of environment and constantly seeing how stressed my parents were, my grandmother was about money, really kind of shaped the foundation on me believing that it was really hard to obtain money. And the only way to obtain money was through extreme hard work. Fast forward to today, I the last two years I really had to dive in deep about recognizing that money doesn't have to always be a result of working so hard to the point of exhaustion. Actually, money can be obtained most easily and most abundantly and in such a joyful way when we kind of release our attachment to correlating hard work with obtaining money. That's not to say that we shouldn't be working hard and that's not to say that we shouldn't be putting efforts into the things that matters most to us, most to us especially regarding our work. However, my family had a really extreme workaholic-like nature to the point where it was almost obsessive. It started becoming, we reached a point working and hustling where we weren't that poor anymore. We were able to, you know, put food on the table. We were able to just pay the bills on time and finally actually buy Christmas presents for each other um, every year. And so we weren't struggling anymore by the time I was probably in high school. In high school, my parents, they by then started their own company and it was starting to really take off and thrive. However, a lot of the poverty mindset um, on the scarcity of it was still there where money was hard to come by. And so if you work hard for it, really hold tight on to the money and to be extremely frugal, like having that type of family orientation around this type of money belief. When I moved out of my family's home at 17 and went to New York, I really struggled around money. I ended up taking jobs and positions where, although I was a hard worker, I put everything into my worth on how much output I can create at a company. And I cared so much about other people recognizing my hard work because inside I had so much lack. The desperation of wanting to be seen as valuable, but at the same time fearing being seen because there was almost this feeling of humiliation of being so poor growing up that I was bullied for it. There was moments in middle school, elementary school, where I went to school wearing really tattered clothes. And we I didn't grow up in a family where we can just buy whatever we wanted, wear whatever we wanted. And so therefore, sometimes I would go to school wearing dirty clothes, which is really embarrassing to admit, but that was, that was my childhood. And so that kind of stuck with me 
um, going to New York, wanting to make it into fashion of all places with having that much of a lack mentality. And it translated into adulthood where there was this competitive nature on you had to be wearing the latest fashions, it had to be high quality fabric, and that came at a really expensive price, which at the time I couldn't afford because I was a struggling college student and I was just trying to gain experience um, just starting out in the industry. And so because of that deep psyche level a feeling embarrassed, perpetually embarrassed by just showing up. And then at the same time, wanting to be seen because I so desperately wanted to be validated. I wanted my worth to be validated. And my mom and grandma, they meant well, but they had really unhealthy belief systems. And so when you tell your child and you tell your granddaughter things like, you know, if you're poor, you know, people won't respect you. People wouldn't want to be friends with you. And so therefore you must work hard. The only way to succeed in life and to get money is to work extremely hard. There's no other way. Money doesn't grow on trees. Money doesn't come easily. Like you have to like go towards a length of blood, sweat, and tears to obtain money. And so that was my mantra. If I wasn't, if I wasn't crying and I wasn't working to the bone to the point where I'm like bleeding from a soul level where I was in physical pain, then I wasn't working hard enough and therefore the money wouldn't come. And back to what I mentioned early in the episode where money is energy. If you believe that you have to work to the point of exhaustion and debilitation to obtain money, that is what's going to be reflected in your reality. And that was what was reflected in my reality. And it sucked. It really, really sucked. And so it didn't matter which job position I was in. And I, I switched so many job roles before I finally decided to get into entrepreneurship for myself. But when I was still working the nine to five, I consistently had that energy being reflected back in my reality. And on top of that, what I noticed after really doing the deep work needed to unravel some of these really unhealthy money beliefs was that I had such an easy time spending money on other people, on even people who didn't quite deserve it. They didn't really do anything for me to justify giving them the money. But I attracted people that asked to borrow money, that knew I worked hard for my money, and these were also the types of people that didn't really value a hard-earned dollar. So while I was struggling to use hard-earned money on myself, I would just so recklessly give it away to people. And for the longest time, it was out of unconscious behavior. And this also stemmed from really putting everyone's needs and desires above my own. And this reflected in the energy of how I thought about money. I believe that the money that I made, other people deserved it more than me. Because I believed I wasn't worthy of the money that I made or received, 
it left as soon as it came. And it was such a vicious, depressing cycle. It wasn't until about three years into corporate nine-to-five life that I decided to finally make a decision to quit, have a game plan on how I was going to quit. And that started with building out my emergency fund. So I had that buffer for the months that I would work myself up to the point where I didn't have to rely on a paycheck from an employer. And so when I made that decision and I gave myself that permission to look at my fear and choose to do it anyway, that was when my salary raise ironically came about and I got a promotion uh, towards the last month of me working there at my last job. And so it's interesting because when we talk about subjects such as the law of attraction, when we detach and we no longer are desperate and crave the thing, it seems to just come to us naturally. And this also reflected in me noticing my bank account starting to grow. The money that I used to just freely give away to other people I stopped doing that because I now had this end goal in mind. I had this deeper sense of purpose on what the money could do in terms of really serving and honoring my calling. And at that time, this was about five years ago, I had an inkling of what my calling could be, but I only saw the first two to three steps ahead of this journey and this nudge, knowing that this journey was going to be so much bigger than I could dream of. And so fast forward to today, if you told Michelle from five years ago that she was going to be an in-path mindset coach, launch her own podcast show, and have three e-commerce business brands under her belt that she's established, and she also runs a uh, Pinterest agency, she would have thought that you were absolutely insane and that everything that you were saying was completely too good to be true, just make-believe. And so it was definitely, definitely a journey arriving to this place with a totally different set of mindset beliefs surrounding what it means to make money, how to make money, and the energetics surrounding our relationship with money. And so this is all to say that when I stopped playing this energetic doormat, to other people's lives and really tended more towards things that brought me happiness, that gave me a deeper sense of purpose. Starting my own business was truly a testament to fully stepping into my self-worth because when we decide on doing something and we make a choice that honors ourselves, it doesn't necessarily mean that we already know A to Z, what the blueprint and all the steps, what it would look like to get to the end goal. Some of us may not quite even know what that end goal is, 
But just even starting with the first step is enough. And with my circumstance, I definitely had a buffer with starting that emergency fund. And so in hindsight, I'm so glad I did that because it gave me the leverage that I needed to not be extremely scarcity-minded when it came time to quit my job and to really jump into this new way of thinking and living in knowing that I'm not going to get a paycheck that just arrives every two weeks. And so as long as I believe that I had it in me to make it, whatever that looked like, whatever my vision of making it looked like, regardless of whether I failed or not, it didn't matter because I decided to choose me. And energetically, that caused a huge ripple effect in realizing, wow, I do not need to put myself in a position where some other employer is putting a glass ceiling above me. I can break through my own glass ceiling the more I work on my own belief systems. So one of the resources that definitely helped with this, I definitely had a lot of help along the way, but I think this all really created a breakthrough for me when I was really struggling with my money beliefs was coming across a book called You Are a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. And she has this quote that I would love to share with you that really struck me in a deep kind of way. And it struck me in a way where, wow, there's a possibility that my life can be so much bigger than what my bosses see in me or what my colleagues see in me. I get to set my own rules and I get to tell myself what goals and benchmarks to set. And truly, at the end of the day, no one is holding me back but myself. And the quote is, when we focus on the money instead of working ourselves to death and get mighty clear about how much we desire to make and what we can do differently in order to make it happen, we open the door to new freedoms. And so I absolutely love this quote. And another quote that's much shorter and just as profound is, treat money the way you'd like to be treated. This book has definitely been the gateway to really strengthening my relationship with money and also helping other people strengthen their relationship with money, especially now that I have a platform where I am helping empaths, people that want to really step into alignment of their purpose and create an offer that not only brings value to the world and to the people that they want to serve, but truly is a representation of how they feel internally. And so if you're listening to this and you currently find yourself struggling with money, I wanted to go over some tips to kind of help create that first step in strengthening how you view your relationship with money. And I think a really great first step is to write a letter to money as if it was a long lost friend. 
And you can do this in so many ways. There's no right or wrong way of doing this. But when we look at money as another person, there is this human touch that happens where we can put ourselves in the shoes of the observer and realize through this exercise that money is actually a very neutral tool. It can be used as a tool to take you to a destination and it can also be used as a weapon depending on motive and intent. Some people that write this money letter, they write this letter to their current relationship with how they define money. They might realize resentment coming up. They might write things like, money, whenever you show up to my life, you leave just as easily. You're not reliable and you never seem to want to stay. And because of that, I don't trust you, money. And that is a very strong statement that can also open the gateway as to why this is happening. If you're interested in writing a letter to money and working through these journaling prompt ideas, I will be including some resources that you can use that's in the show notes in the link of this episode. And so going back to the conversation on this exercise, there's another tip for people that are really trying to strengthen their relationship and unravel that limiting belief and get to the core of why they have certain toxic thinking patterns and feedback loops around how they spend and how they receive money. And so I highly recommend people that are really struggling in scarcity mindset to not make a purchase when you're in a fear-minded state and you don't feel like you have enough. Energetically, when you move forward in making a choice that amplifies the scarcity that you're already experiencing, you're reinforcing energetically that you don't deserve and you don't feel worthy of honoring your truth and you're not respecting how you're feeling and so therefore the scarcity just builds. So wait until you feel more grounded and do make a purchase when your energy levels go back up again. And then therefore, when you do make a purchase, when you're in a more empowered state, by taking the time to deliberate on whether or not this purchase that you're going to make is out of reaction or out of response to something that you think will actually be really good for you and your egoic or fear-minded unconscious self isn't the one that's operating on making these decisions for you. And so when you give it enough time, when you give it, let's say, 72 hours to really get grounded and then come back to the drawing board and see if that fear arises, if that fear doesn't come up when you want to make a purchase, then go ahead and make that purchase. And therefore, you will then reinforce energetically that this purchase is worthy of your attention. And by investing in yourself, you're reinforcing that you're worthy of the investments you make. Also, another tip that I would love to provide people, and this goes for just about anyone, where it can be so beneficial in uplifting your mood and getting you leveled up, is whenever your bills come, whether it comes through the mail or whether it's online billing, 
feel grateful. Like take that moment before you pay that bill and submit that payment, feeling grateful that you have the ability to do so, that you are able to give back to the energetic resources that supports you, your livelihood, and giving you the foundation to create. What this does is when you practice gratitude by taking a moment to thank the universe that you even have the opportunity in showing gratitude of thank you so much electricity bill for you know really allowing me the opportunity to show just how much I appreciate you for providing the electricity and so therefore I can grow my business and really make an impact in the world by moving the needle one day at a time. Thank you water bill for arriving without being nourished, without being hydrated, I wouldn't have the strength and the sustenance to be able to show up every day and do the work that I'm doing. So thank you, water. I am going to happily give you back this energy in exchange for sustaining me. So when you think like this, it's a very playful way of really shifting your beliefs around paying bills because essentially everything is about energy exchange. They give you something and you give something back. Everything is a symbiotic relationship. And so when you feel this way, that scarcity-minded limiting belief starts to dissipate. You no longer see paying for things as, oh my god, I'm going out of my way. This feels inconvenient. This feels like a pain. We start shifting our mindset around that And then being in that perpetual state of gratitude really amplifies our energy of being able to abundantly receive. And that was going to be my last one, but I just thought of another one. So last but not least, and this is a big one, if not the biggest one, I really want you to take the time to sit down and write what money is to you. If money was a spiritual belief, If money was your religion, what would it look like? And so as an example, for me, I believe money is spiritual abundance. I personally see money as a direct reflection of the energy that grows with me when I provide value to the world, however I see significant. I believe money is spiritual And money accommodates those that chooses to accommodate their worth. So therefore, when I see clearly that the work I do is important and has true value, and that it truly matters to me, then it becomes easier sharing it to the world and it feels authentic. And in energetic exchange, that shows up in mirror for me being in alignment and really doing the work that matters to me and that feels most representative of my most authentic self. So definitely give this a try. Think of it as a creative, imaginative exercise on how you define money to be. And when you set this commandment, it's kind of like your money manifesto, and you look at it, you could put it on your refrigerator or you can kind of Put it in your nightstand drawer and look at it before you go to sleep and wake up before you start the day. You unconsciously program yourself to really reinforce belief and it kind of spills into the choices that you make. It doesn't feel like you have to think really hard 
about your relationship with money. That relationship will be built over time once you set the intention. So intention setting is a big aspect in really helping improve our beliefs around money as well. I can absolutely go on and on talking about money energetics and our relationship and limiting beliefs around money because this is something that I'm so passionate about and I truly believe that it bleeds into every facet of our lives. And once we really heal this aspect of what we think about money and charging, this can really open up the doors and the pathways to opportunities and really helping us cultivate into fully stepping into our calling. Alrighty, guys. So all of the resources that I mentioned in this episode, you can refer back to the show notes and that will give you everything that you need to get started on really healing your relationship with money. And feel free to drop a DM sending some love and letting me know and sharing your experiences with money as well. I'd love to hear about them. And until then, take care. Hey there, fellow empath. Do you currently have an online presence to promote your business or dream of starting up one, but lack the confidence to fully show up for it? Does the thought of charging confidently for your work make you want to hide from promoting yourself online because there are feelings of guilt, unworthiness, or even imposter syndrome? Do you settle for cookie cutter business ideas out of fear of what people may think if you dare show up original? Because you know deep down, there's a much bigger purpose you're meant to fulfill in this lifetime, but do you struggle with how to create it into a profitable offer? I created an intuitive program called Empowered Empath Embody You, designed for empaths that no longer want to get in their own way of feeling unapologetic in who they are and finally feel worthy of discovering and stepping into their life's work without the shame, guilt that may be attached to the wounds we've neglected to tend to. This program was especially crafted for you as a growing empowered empath that wants to incorporate a blend of using psychology, ancient spiritual wisdom, feminine embodiment, and birth charting to help you discover your true potential and create complete alignment in crafting an offer and business model you can authentically step into as an empathic, heart-centered creator and entrepreneur. Everyone in this lifetime is assigned with an intuitive divine purpose that is meant to be discovered and cultivated. That divine truth that you hear but have been ignoring is actually the real you, hidden by years of limiting beliefs and false thoughts that shows up in the form of people and learned experiences that causes you to downplay your big life and business vision goals because other scared people told you it was too good to be true. If you're interested in committing to meeting yourself and embodying the most powerful version of you as an empowered empath, sign up for the waitlist on when I'll be launching the program by going to michellesaya.com slash embody you. The link is included in the show notes. I'll see you on the other side.